Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is the writer's strike? What are the demands being made by the writers? And how is the strike impacting the entertainment industry? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. So it's looking like we won't be back to our regularly scheduled programming for a while. As of May 2nd, members of the Writers Guild of America went on strike after they were unable to reach a deal with some major studio giants like Netflix, Amazon, and Disney. That's just to name a few. But this isn't the first time writers have shaken up the media industry. 16 years ago, a few of your favorite shows may have fallen victim to cancellation as a result of the writer's strike of 2007. Now, if you watch TV, this might sound alarming, but don't panic just yet. Maybe there will be some hidden benefits that come out of the strike as a result. So what are the demands being made by the WGA? What shows are currently being impacted and what can we learn from the writers' strikes of the past? Joining me now is media and entertainment reporter with The Wall Street Journal, Joe Flint. And Joe was kind enough to join me now. Joe, how's it going? going good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. You know, I've been having friends text me left and right saying, what the heck is going on with this writer's strike? I need to know. So we thought, let's do a podcast about it. So thank you for joining me. Sure. As long as there aren't any Writers Guild members involved in your podcast. (laughs) Perfect. I don't think they're listening. Uh, All right. So just first of all, can you give me a basic overview of why Hollywood writers are on strike right now? Sure. Um, First, a little background. Every three years, the deals for the Writers Guild, the Actors Guild, Directors Guild come up. They run on a three-year cycle. They they all expire around the same time. And so every three years, there's this little dance between the three big unions and the wieldly alliance of motion picture and television producers or otherwise known as AMPTP. And that alliance is very broad. So it includes everyone from traditional broadcast networks, CBS, ABC, big studios, Warner Brothers, Universal, Disney, streamers, Netflix, and now even Amazon and Apple, because of course they make content. So there's a lot of different people in that alliance. Of course, they all have different business strategies and programming strategies. So you can imagine getting everyone on the same page. So that's just sort of a setup going into why this year's talks uh, have become so contentious. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2020, they did they had negotiations and everything went relatively smoothly. COVID was going on, the whole industry was in disarray, and no one felt up to a long, you know, unweavedly labor disruption on top of all the other disruption that was going on. Now we're in 2023, and a lot of writers feel that 
they have been undercompensated for all their work. They look at Netflix. They look at the Netflix stock. They look at how much money Netflix executives make. Uh, there are other companies as well, but in many ways, this is sort of the strike that streaming wrought, and in more particular, the Netflix strike, some people have called it, even though it's affecting everyone. But they're looking at all the money that Netflix makes. They look at all the revenues that these companies generate. They look at the big salaries of the Warner CEO, David Zaslav, and they think we're underpaid. We're creating all this content. We're not getting enough in residuals, which are basically royalties. Mm. And we're getting our jobs are becoming less and less secure for reasons we will go into later. But that's kind of where we're at. And they were negotiating and the alliance was offering raises and residuals and trying to find other points they could both agree on. But what really led them to walk away, and this isn't necessarily the biggest issue, but it was the issue that sort of broke down the talks, was the writers want mandatory staffing and duration of employment. Uh, in other words, uh, someone who's making a show, a studio, would have to staff a show with a certain number of writers who would have to be hired for a certain amount of time, which the studios argue may not align with the, quote, creative process. And shouldn't it be up to the creator of a show to decide how many writers they want? Uh, the Writers Guild argues this is necessary to preserve the writer's room. It's necessary so that our writers can learn their craft so that they are part of the process from the script through production. And it was something that the Writers uh, Guild didn't want to negotiate at all on. And so that's what ultimately led both sides to separate. Ooh, so yeah. that's kind of what got us here. I know that was long-winded, but hopefully it made some sense. So the writers basically are saying, we want X amount of writers in that room no matter what, and that's a standard for the whole industry. And then... They're saying, no, we each show should be able to decide that. Is that what you're saying? Right. I mean, the alliance, we'll just call them the alliance. The alliance. They're calling it a hiring quota. Uh, and again, you know, that's their words. They're calling it a quota that's incompatible with the creative nature of our industry. I'm mm. literally seeing this from their talking points. Would you say that's the biggest demand that's being made? Are there any other demands that have maybe been made and been agreed upon yet? Or is it really just that one that's holding us up? Oh, no, there are certainly other demands. And there's the issue of wage increases. And there's the issue, again, of the royalties. And increases have been offered on all that. But the alliance, their attitude was basically, we're not going to negotiate against ourselves. So mm -hmm. We're offering you this much more in wages, this much more in residuals. And, you know, we can get into that a little and debate about whether it's appropriate amount, but they they would tell you that was just the beginning point. But if you're not going to budge on this other thing, if you're not even going to be willing to talk about it with us, why should we negotiate on all this other stuff? How high did so, they how how um, much did they increase the pay? Well, the wage increases again and. Uh, you can always, of course, you know, slice this up in lots of different ways and, and argue that uh, that this is all hyperbole. But they are the alliance would tell you that the wage increase on the table is the highest first year increase offered to the WGA in more than 25 years. Wow. Um, now, again, though, the WGA would tell you, yeah, it's an increase that doesn't keep up with the cost of living and doesn't make up for all the 
crappy wage increases we've gotten over the past 25 years. Um, same with residuals. Uh, streaming residuals, yeah, what you get from a Netflix or an HBO Max, it's really sort of complicated. In 2020, the writers did get a 46% increase in residuals for streaming programs that actually only took effect a year ago. So a lot of writers haven't even begun to sort of reap the benefit of those increases. Uh, you know, the, the alliance is offered to uh, increase residuals again. The WGA, the Writers Guild, is really zeroed in on foreign streaming residuals. They don't feel like they're getting enough of a cut in residuals from the international operations of a Netflix, of an HBO Max, of all these services, Amazon Prime Video, um, and they're seeking a very large increase that the alliance just says isn't isn't doable mm -hmm. because we pay what do you pay for Netflix like uh, thirteen bucks a month? I think it's around something? there, right? Or you now just someone steal someone's password? I'm just kidding. I would never. <laughs> exactly. I would never do that. No, no, of course not. Someone <laughs> in India might be paying thirteen cents. I'm I'm making that up, but they're paying a lot less. The, the sub fees that people pay for streaming services abroad differ greatly from what we pay here. We're paying a premium in the U.S. Other parts around the world, not so much. And so the uh, idea that you could increase residuals so much for international when that money from those subscription fees vary from country to country just seems incompatible to the alliance. Right. Um, and again... I don't mean to, I'm a business reporter, so I'll like to <laughs> I talk to many writers. I am not taking anyone's side here. I cover the company, so I'm a little more well-versed in their concerns. But obviously, you know, I it's not that I don't believe the writers who always, I mean, you know, the, the jokes are always that the writers are the last of the totem pole in Hollywood after the actors and directors, you know. So I'm not, I'm not without some sympathy for their situation and don't think there are changes that need to be made to get them better compensated. Right. I have a quick question and then I have, um, I, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, when you say that they want more, you said they want more writers in the room, like the writers guild wants more writers in the room. Is that right? Like th that's what the writers want. The writers want a mandatory number of writers in a room. And is that yes. more or less than what has been done? Because I, you could really go t two ways. If you have more writers, then obviously that lightens the workload for an, uh, the other writers. But then if you have more writers, you have to pay more writers and it might mean you don't make as much, right? What do they want? Right. It's all those things. I mean, what what some of the writers are saying is the way TV has been made has also changed. So bear bear with me. I'm just going to go off on a little quick tangent. In the old days, um, I'm old, so I'm 58 years old. So when I say the old days, I mean a world of three broadcast networks, we'll say, right? In the old days, you make a pilot for a network. They say yes. Or first you write a script. They say yes. They give you money to make a pilot. You hire some writers. You make a pilot. They order it to a series. Then you maybe hire more writers, you start making a series, you make a bunch of episodes, those episodes go on the air, literally like it's like, you know, very quickly, you know, you write the episodes in the summer, they're on the air in the fall, you keep writing, you keep producing all the way through 
April. And before you know it, you're at the end of the season and everyone's worked for eight or nine months. Now, the way a lot of the streamers make shows and, you know, and broadcast networks are starting to emulate this a little is they often don't necessarily start production of a show till long after all the scripts are done. So maybe those writers who were working in the room on these scripts are finished and there's fewer episodes too, mind you, because we don't make 25 episodes or 26 episodes a season anymore. Netflix might make eight episodes or mm -hmm. 10. So those writers are working less and they're not working on the show for as long because they spent two months in a writing room cranking out all these episodes. By the way, they often do that before they know if the show will even get made, which allows the streamers to pay them less. So this is where I sort of can see the writers having a valid point. You know, you write, they write eight or 10 episodes and then the streamer says, yeah, this sounds good. We're going to order this show. And then basically three-fourths of the writers are let go, the show's put into production, and then the remaining writer is often overburdened because even though the show's in production, the writing isn't done. Right. I mean, when I file a story, I'm not done. Editors edit, they come back to me, I got to do rewrites, all this other stuff. So the writers who are left argue like, we, I don't have enough writers now. And, and you're just doing this to squeeze us and save money and turn this into sort of a gig economy, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, not, we're not, you know, for hire people. So that's kind of the bigger issue. So to go to your original question about more writers in the room, they really see it as a way to sort of counteract this trend that's happening where shows are being, you know, uh, created before they're even officially ordered and writers are getting paid less and then they're not finishing the process. Right. And, and so they feel like if there's a mandatory staffing requirement as well as duration of employment, it will mean more writers will work, more writers will work longer and make better money. And they would argue the product will be better because they need to be involved from from start to finish. I mean, you know, the cook doesn't just put the steak mm -hmm. in the oven and walk away and the busboy takes it out 20 minutes later. You know, the cook flips it and seasons it and does all these nice things to it. Then yeah. it. You so, could, yeah, you could totally understand that. And I think the biggest question probably that people have who are listening to this is what are some well-known shows that are currently being impacted by the strike? Are there ones that will be canceled? Are there ones that we won't see another season for a year? How does that work? Well, I mean, certainly there's going to be delays. Uh, you know, even if the writer's strike were to be resolved next week, there would probably be some delays, especially for broadcast TV and cable TV. Uh, I'll just use Abbott Elementary as an example, because everyone loves Abbott Elementary. Um, that show airs on ABC, and although most people watch it on Hulu. Uh, but the writers, right now, normally, the writers would be uh, in the room. They'd be thinking about the next season and writing those episodes, but they're not. So nothing is in production. And so the odds are that the longer this goes on, and we haven't even touched on whether the actors might strike, but the longer this goes on, the less likely that show will have new episodes in September. And so that's true for every TV show, every scripted show that normally would be back in the fall has an asterisk now because we don't know. And some places like a Netflix, like an HBO Max, you know, streamers, they order programming in bulk. 
So they will tell you, we're good right now. We've got so much programming on the shelves, we're not even worried. And if we do get a little worried, well, we'll just order some reality schlock because those guys aren't in a union. Um, so wait, you bring me. up a good point there. There are writers who are not on strike, correct? Because they're not in the union. Well, scripted writers are on strike. You, you have to, you, if you're in the W, if you're a script writer for scripted TV, movies, TV, you're a member of the WGA, you're on strike. Uh, but there are other course forms of television. Oh, by the way, even like game show writers. I mean, Saturday Night Live writers, those folks, anyone who does writing that's quote unquote scripted uh, is out. But a lot of reality show producers, and I say producers in quotes, not writers, because we know those shows aren't written. And, you know, it just all happens is it unfolds on the camera. We know that. Mm -hmm. uh, those folks aren't necessarily being impacted by this yet. So, and that's you know, why you don't that. have, you know, with news and things, that's what, one of the biggest questions people ask me is like, why are, why is news still going then? So that's because it's unscripted. Right. Yeah. Right. News has a different union. I mean, years back, uh, news writers did go on strike uh, for, for a while. That, that can happen. Uh, but yeah, this doesn't affect uh, news, uh, news writers. All right. We've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So people are aware of this strike because they are seeing that their shows aren't coming back on for a while or it's been a while since they have seen an another season. We know it's affecting scheduled programming, but how is it impacting the film industry as a whole? Well, film it's right now, again, since film is done so far in advance, we're not seeing a real actual effect but there's already concern you know, disney just pushed back a bunch of releases that they had in the works in part anticipating issues of meeting their previous deadlines because of the writer's strike we're also seeing some productions are being shut down because the writers are they're very aggressive in their protesting so not only are they protesting in front of studios but they're going to you know sets uh, when someone's on location, shooting on location in New York or L.A., uh, it's not unusual for writers to be picketing near that set in an effort to slow the production down or shut uh, the production down. That are the writers the being are the writers being paid right now? No, I mean, I mean, so how long know, can the, this the, go on for? Well, it depends on, I guess, on uh, one's bank account. I mean, there's reserves yeah. in the WGA, but but no, I mean, any writer that has a deal with a studio, like let's pretend I'm a writer and I have a deal with Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers is freezing those deals. They're not killing them, but they're just saying, you're on strike right now. You're not working for us. So we're hitting pause on your deal. So, so are there some writers who want this to end I, and they're being kind of sucked into this, like, oh, well, I mean, I need to work. I need to get paid. I mean, I'm sure all, uh, in the perfect world, I certainly hope all the writers want to find an amicable solution to all this as soon as soon as possible. Uh, but not only them, there's the other folks who aren't working. I mean, I have a friend who's a producer on some, you know, uh, more variety show type stuff. But 
he's not working right now um, and he's not getting uh you know, paid yeah you know, there's no there's no fund for him that the or resources that the writers guild is offering their their folks so yeah. he's not working the makeup artists a lot of people are are affected by this and i know it's sort oh, of a one point for one. Yeah, it affects everyone because that's to have the show. You got to have the writers, but there are other people employed by that show that are. are You're not producing. There's there's all sorts of things, catering companies, all these things you don't think about. But on a set, you know, everyone who works, uh, you know, the 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 tech people, the the, all those folks, they're all out of out of work if a production is shut down. Totally. So it's not just uh, you know some some writers. yeah, if something's in production, obviously the studios and everyone's trying to keep it in production. But at the same time, as I said, the writers, there are some shows, be it Billions uh, recently you know, stopped producing, at least for a little bit. I don't know if they picked up again, but because the writers were effectively making it very challenging to sh- for them to shoot on location. Mm. So what? it's very nasty. It's, it's, it's nastier than the previous strike, which was in 2000. Uh, okay, that's what I want to ask you about this, because we, we have the 2023 writer strike right now, but I, I'm sure a lot of people can remember that strike of 2007. That lasted 14 weeks. What impact did that strike have on shows at that time? And how was it different or maybe the same to what's happening right now? I mean, where it's the same is some of the issues are the, are the same. I mean, what are strikes always about? Ultimately, they're about money. Uh, so there's different issues now, be it streaming, be it artificial intelligence, but ultimately it's it's about money. Uh, but what what was going on 2007-08, and part of it is just sort of the world has changed and we have social media, we have all these other platforms where people can go be very outspoken. But in terms of the effect on the industry and the viewing public, Reality programming existed before then. I mean, certainly there was Survivor and 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 uh, you know, American Idol or other shows, but really that strike was what catapulted unscripted programming because the networks and cable op- cable networks had to have something to feed the beast, and that's what they relied on. So Did- that that was one of the big things that happened after after that struck. Right. Something I think about, too, is if you have this time, you're striking, you're not writing for the show. Did any of the writers or are they now leaving the shows and creating side projects and writing on their own? In theory, pencils down means pencils down. Ah. So I'm not saying that everyone's pencil is down and someone isn't at home, you know, after the dumb at the picket line, sitting at home working on their next thing that they hope to sell. Possibly, you know, but in theory... That's what it that's what it means. And and the, the other thing, too, is, um, you know, in terms of just sort of why some of the studios are getting upset when writers manage to shut down these sets where something's being made is the writers already been paid for that. So, you know, that's where the studios get annoyed. It's like you you got paid for the new Ghostbusters movie we're making. Mm. You know, now you're just interfering with other people who haven't been paid, who are trying to work. Got it. So there's. There is some tension also starting to flare up. The Directors Guild did a deal. A lot of writers feel like they've been betrayed by the Directors Guild for doing a deal. And the Directors Guild says, hey, we reached an agreement. We think our deal's good. Go do your own deal, but don't attack us for doing a deal. Uh, So there's a little tension. And now the Screen Actors Guild, their deal is up at the end of the month. And uh, obviously, whatever they do is going to have a big effect on the current situation. If they sign a deal might put more pressure on the Writers Guild to 
find a way towards a new deal. If they don't sign a deal, then, oh boy, now we can really see some stuff. So in the past, we saw a boom in reality television come from the writer's strike. Would you have any predictions of what we may see when it comes to the outcome of the 2023 strike? I mean, it depends on how long it goes on. There's already been some companies buying you know, shows that have aired abroad that not here, which is already something that happens a lot. But more of that, more of ac- making acquisitions from other parts of around the world to feed the beast. Uh, so there's some of that. I don't think we're going. I mean, there's obviously how much more reality can we endure? I don't think <laughs> well, third reality. Well, people love the drama. They love the drama of reality television, and and they might. I mean, you look at there's a lot of drama when it comes to this strike as well. I, I, who has crossed the picket line? Who's standing with the writers? Who is on what side? What's going on there? Well, no one certainly no writer has crossed the picket line. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on people because a lot of writers are also producers. So that's also another issue because and we wrote a story on this account mm. and I wrote a story on this. You can be a writer on strike, but your producing duties, you're still obligated to fulfill those ah. uh, for the studio making the show. So uh, some producers got sort of called out for doing what they believe were their producing duties and they were called scabs. And, you know, and ended up coming, you know, saying, okay, I guess I can't, can't do this. And others are, are doing it, but they're just trying to keep it clean to straight producing, meaning no writing, just literally working on all the sorts of things the producer might, might do. Uh, But that's, that's the, that's sort of an issue if you're one of those hyphenated uh, groups, as we Mm -hmm. call them, a writer producer or a showrunner and, Again, there's a lot of vitriol, and then the belief from the writers' guild is you know, your first your first devotion should be to the to us, and just put your other duties aside and yeah. stand out here with us because these companies need to be punished financially before they will come to the table. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I have to ask you this because it seems like it's infiltrated every conversation I've had in the last like two months. (laughs) I have to ask you about AI because if you have artificial intelligence that is able to write a song and lyrics and a beat of the whole thing, there also have been instances where they can use AI to write these shows what is the stance on that? I, I, that freaks me out because I don't want a show written by AI. But what, do you think that these studios might resort to using AI if this does not come to a close? I mean, I, I don't want to say one way or the other. They've certainly tried to make clear that we we aren't, you know, AI is a new technology. We're not sure where it can or can't be a benefit to us but they they have said taking them at their word and their talking points that 
They, they've already defined a writer to exclude any corporate or impersonal purveyor of literary material, meaning that only a person can be considered a writer. So that AI-generated material would not be eligible for writing credits. Uh, but yeah, I don't think the writers feel that language goes nearly strong enough. And a lot of the studios, they have their own concerns about AI, by the way. They have intellectual property they need to protect. It's, yeah. a, it's a concern to everyone. And certainly in this issue, this strike, it's become a huge talking point. Now, personally, I think there's a little bit of an AI boogeyman here. I think the Writers Guild has effectively rallied their members around the idea of machines will not replace us, or as one of my favorite signs said, you know, AI didn't have a bad childhood. You know, the implication, <laughs> you know, right. your bad childhood helps you become a creative, better creative person. But it's a it's a simple thing to to rally everyone behind. Uh, I, I do think the studios would be doing themselves a favor, even though they're not negotiating with the writers right now just to come out with some sort of stronger language trying to ensure that you know well there's a place for ai and all technology and how we do things the goal here is not to have scripts written by ai yeah and i don't want that it's the same thing yeah, with, i don't, think, I don't yeah. think anyone wants it and i don't think it'd be very good either no yeah, it like, wouldn't <laughs> You need you need experience and human experience behind anything that is written, whether that's music, whether that's a script, a movie, a TV show, anything. I'm I'm a, a firm believer in that. We gotta we gotta preserve that. I do have one last question for you, Joe. What will it take for this strike to come to an end? Well, I think one thing potentially is the actors. If, if the actors do a deal, I have no intelligence on this either way. I'm hearing rumblings that, well, a lot of people think the actors will strike, that there's a belief that no, the actors will actually ma manage to make a deal, um, that that will, again, put pressure on the writer's guild. But even if that does happen, most people are predicting this drags on through the summer and maybe even into you know, early you know, early September, which, of course, technically is the summer. But we always think of summer is you know, June, July, August. So but it's a possibility that, you know, we could be looking at this situation at, at Labor Day oh. and just have to we'll just have to see. And, and right now, you know, for the companies, they don't want to admit it. But, hey, we're saving a little money here. And uh, let's, uh, you know, let's we're, we're maybe we're not in such a rush. But in fairness to the companies, too, they only have one negotiating team. You know, the writers are like, we're ready to negotiate again. They won't negotiate with us. And it's kind of like, well, they're negotiating with the directors and then the actors. That's how it works. You went first. Oh, OK. And we'll come back to you when we're done with these other two. Uh, so that's kind of where things stand at the moment. But I, I think we're looking at a summer of labor unrest. Well, I am scared about this because, you know, obviously once the strike is over, then they have to start writing and then a whole lot of other things need to happen after that before the show airs. So the longer this goes on, the longer we wait when it comes to entertainment. And obviously the writers need need those demands as well. So we'll see how this goes, Joe, and hopefully it all ends soon for everyone's sake. I appreciate you taking the time to come on with me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right.
right, if you missed anything from class, these are my office hours, and here are some top takeaways about the writer's strike. Number one, negotiations happen every three years because that's when most writers' contracts are up. This strike is a result of writers being unable to reach a deal with studios over demands regarding wages, staffing quotas, and royalties. Number two, this strike is very broad-reaching. You'll see it affect a variety of entities, including cable, streaming, game shows, anything scripted, really. But not just that, you have to think about the people behind the scenes as well. The caterers, hair and makeup, tech crews. There's also a lot of tension when it comes to how producers, actors, and directors decide to get involved. And number three, this isn't the first time writers have been on strike. There was the infamous strike of 2007 that saw writers protesting for similar reasons. However, we live in a different landscape now, which brings new technologies and industry disruptors making the current strike what Joe says is even nastier than the one before it. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on The Writer's Strike. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.